On this week's episode of the Marketing Expedition podcast, I get to speak with Jeroen Korthout, and he is the co-founder and CEO of Salesflare, an intelligent CRM built for SMBs selling to B2B, and mostly popular with agencies and SaaS companies. Salesflare itself was founded when he and his co-founder wanted to manage the leads for their software company in an easier way. They didn't like to keep track of them manually and built Salesflare which pulls customer data together automatically. It's now the most popular CRM on Product Hunt and top-rated on review platforms like G2 for its ease of use and automation features. And we dig into it. We talk about his competition. We talk about all of the benefits and features and things that he's added to it as his own result of what he needed as well. And so you're going to hear a lot from him. But first, let's go into the marketing essentials moments, the basics that you need to build your brand and your bottom line. Today, I want to talk about the basics of a marketing plan and what a marketing plan should contain. Or maybe you want to update the plan that you already have. But basically, what you want to do is set out your goals. What are the goals? What do you want to accomplish? And how are you going to accomplish those goals? The plan really needs to identify and discuss your target audience and information about your direct competition in the industry. You're going to include information about the marketing activities that have been used in the past with effectiveness and the activities that you want to use. So what are you going to stop, start, and keep doing, right? And then the plan consists of setting those realistic, smarter goals, specific, measurable, attainable, relatable, time-based, ethical, because we all want ethics in advertising and marketing, and then recorded. So putting it out there for everyone to see, to understand what your marketing plan is, so you're all on the same page. And creating this plan really involves doing some good market research to assess what trends are going on in your industry, your profile target audience, the empathy map of who it is that you want to empathize and kind of step into their shoes for a moment and understand what it is that they're going through when they want to buy your product or service, right? And making that persona of your target audience. Maybe it's your target audience, your primary, your secondary, your tertiary, who it is that you're going after specifically. And the more you can narrow down and tell that narrative of that particular type of client you want to see or that customer that you want to see come through your brick and mortar or click and mortar doors for your proverbial doors, right? And then you want to create and, and make sure that it's going against what your your mantra, your mission, your vision, your values, all the things that are defining your company and the brand that you want to emulate. And of course, including what happens to be your culture. And I believe that your brand starts with your culture and your culture really is your brand, right? Your employees, the people that buy from you, the vendors that you use, all of those things that are going to make the user experience or the customer experience what you want it to be. And then the plan really needs to focus on those specific strategies and methods or tactics that you're going to take to generate sales, to generate the the marketing leads that you're wanting to gather. Uh, And we're going to talk more about that uh, soon, but wanting to understand all of the things that you're offering, the descriptions, your brand essence, who you are, that elevator pitch that everyone talks about when you're on an elevator, you have 30 seconds to say what it is that you do and the company that you work for and why you do what you do. 
And all those things are going to help you navigate that plan and make sure everyone knows that what that plan is so that you can all accomplish that common goal and be singing from the same sheet of music, right? And understanding what your messaging is going to be, the calls to action, the promotions, the advertising methods, and of course, the budget and timeline, and all of those types of things that are going to help you continue to identify and articulate what it is that you're marketing and what you're wanting to sell. And of course, what you're going to do with your pricing and the pricing structure and the strategy behind the pricing that you're going to use for the different things that you're wanting to sell. And then of course, you want to understand how you can monitor your results. Look at what you can do to track all of those strategies to see what's working and what's not and making an audit of those things that are working and what again to stop, start and keep doing. And you want to continue to do those marketing audits on a regular basis so that you can continue to adapt the plan and what's working and what's not and what worked last year may not work this year. Things have changed, right? So what can you do to make it even better? Tweak it more. Look at those things that are doing well, tracking the results that you're after, what kind of tactics, what kind of messaging worked, what kind of imagery worked, what was working previously that's going to work again. And if you don't have anything to base your previous benchmarks on, Look at your competition. What are they doing? What's working for them? And we talk about a competitive analysis in another uh, Marketing Essentials moment that you want to dig into as well and go to the blog to see all the different components that you need to understand what needs to go in that plan and to analyze your strategy and analyze what's working and continuously working on it to make it better. Marketing is not a sprint. It's a marathon and there's going to be continuous iterations to make it work better and better and better. And once you've identified what works well, then you can scale it and grow it and do more of what's working, right? And, uh, you know, it it continues to, to grow and evolve. And as you continue to grow your marketing team, at some point you look at when you need to hire an agency to help you with all of these things that are going on, or maybe that's what you need to do and not necessarily have to worry all about all the things yourself. Working with an agency can help you do that to analyze the success of what's working and not. And, you know, really leaning in on the experts that have been doing this for years and years to help you grow your brand and your bottom line. Okay, now let's get into it. Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast, an auditory journey through the latest in marketing, branding, and advertising. Now, here's your Marketing Expedition Guide, Ray Allen. Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Allen. I'm the president and CEO of Peppershock Media and the founder of the Marketing Expedition Community. And today's guest, we have Jeroen Korthout. Welcome to the show. Uh, thank you. Glad to be here. And I did say that correctly. Is that right? No, it's correct. It's oh, correct. Good. <laughs> it's, uh, kudos. Well, Jeroen, can you tell everyone that's listening a little bit more about you and your journey and, uh, you know, kind of just share with us what got you to where you are now? Yeah. Um, we're talking marketing today, right? So yeah. um, I actually am an uh, accidental marketer in a certain sense. Um I actually studied uh, biomedical engineering uh, in university. Um, But when I applied for jobs, I I didn't really like the the opportunities that were given to me. It seemed like I was going to be in a back room designing stuff, but I was never 
never really connect with customers and do something with them. Um, and I didn't like that idea. So I still wanted to do something in medical technology uh, or biomedicine, um, but I wanted to do something with customers. Um, so I ended up doing business school. And then from there, actually, I made a huge switch. Uh, I started in marketing in a pharma company. I skipped the sales role there, which is usually what you have to do uh, in, in pharma because marketing is a very, very, what can I say? It's more like a support role to sales. Well, it, at least it used to be. Um, that is all changing now. Um, it wasn't really the most fun job. I was like a, a marketer in a branch, just following some of the stuff that International had decided and uh, teaching the sales team how to use a brochure and things like that. So I didn't end up doing that very long. Um, actually, when you think about it, um, my marketing experience goes, goes way further back. Um, when I was 15, 16, um, I was building websites for a bunch of people. That was a lot of fun because I could, I could really create something, uh, showcase a company. Um, it was like the beginning of websites. Not a lot of people had a website and I was building them in Flash. I don't know whether you remember Flash. but I do. Oh, my goodness. They're pretty, yeah. pretty sites. Yeah. <laughs> pretty flashy sites. <laughs> flashy um, sites. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, uh, you could do every, every, anything in there. Like the possibilities in HTML have only come like, I, I don't know, eight years ago or something, uh, where you could get it to the same level as Flash and Flash has died. But yep. back then it was really state of the art. And um, I really like that. And it's one of the reasons, I mean, I, I always knew I was going to study engineering It's sort of uh, in the family, uh, you could say. Um, but initially I thought I was going to do that to, to build a web agency. And I, I really enjoyed that. So fast forward again to when I was in uh, pharma marketing, I was about the only person in the marketing department uh, that knew how websites worked. Um, so I ended up, uh, helping a lot of people with their websites, like former um, fellow uh, product managers, product marketing managers. Sure. And um, at some point I figured I could, I could start a business here. I could start a business where I basically help um, pharma companies to build websites. Okay. Um, but then I had dinner with a guy. He actually had a business that did that. And he said, you, you know what? You can join us. Uh, we'll teach you everything. I mean, I mean, we'll teach you everything. If you uh, still like it in six months, you stay. If you don't, you know, you leave. Um, and I ended up working for four years there. And that's where I discovered the whole uh, spectrum of all the things you can do in marketing and sales. Um, because we helped pharma companies and life sciences companies in general um, with that sort of journey. Nice. So, when you decided past the six months, what, what did you like about it? What was the, the key thing that kept you there? Um, I was always moving. So I started off as uh, one of the youngsters there. And um, I think after six months, I was already an account manager. I was the youngest account manager. So I was responsible for clients, um, which was really nice. I could actually sit together with clients, uh, listen to what their issues were, um, scope out a plan, uh, think about what it would cost, uh, find the right people to execute it, and then make sure it was executed and all, all the way until getting them uh, to, to pay for it. 
um, which was an amazing experience. And uh, that kept me busy uh, for quite a while. Uh, it's not like I, I, I let go of my dream to start a company. Um, I think about two, three years into the four years, I, 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 I went part-time um, and I started trying some different startup projects. Um, but the, the whole experience of getting to know all the different aspects of digital marketing and sales and CRM and all those kind of things was, was, was so interesting. So that's what led you to your next adventure, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 um, I tried a few projects. Um, most of them failed. Um, in one of those, I met my co-founder because I was in a, in a, in a sort of accelerator and he was there as well with another project. Um, and one day he calls me and he says, um, I am going to sell my software in, uh, in Vegas at a big conference. Do you want to join? We still need a sales guy. Um, and I took some days off. I was part-time. So to take the week off was just a few days off. And I joined in Vegas. It was uh, a lot of fun. I mean, a week in Vegas is re- <laughs> relatively long, but. Uh... <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. where were you at the accelerator when that happened? Uh, the accelerator was over. I, I had graduated. Um, and, but the company after that failed. Uh-huh. Um, so I was sort of looking for a new uh, challenge. Yeah. And then when we went to that conference, we had so many leads and so much excitement for the, for the software um, that we started working together. I actually joined uh, the company and we started working on, um, on nurturing those leads, following them up and trying to close them. And that's actually where uh, the company I'm working on now uh, started because mm-hmm. we had so much trouble follow, following up these, those leads correctly. Uh, we tried many different CRM products with the, the purpose of following up our leads better, but it, it never really worked for us because in any system that we tried, we had to uh, do a lot of work. It was so much work documenting everything and uh, we clearly did not have the necessary discipline to do it. And that made that our sales follow-up always failed. Like it started becoming very sloppy. Um, We didn't know when to properly follow up, what was last discussed and all those kind of things um, because we didn't uh, put it in the system. Right, right. And that's when we figured that actually a system that would do that automatically would help us to do better sales follow-up because we figured that actually everything that we were inputting was already somewhere. It was in our inbox or in our calendar or our phone or some company database or some email or web tracking that we were using. And if only we would make a system that would unite all that data, so sort of surface it, bring it to us, and then make it possible for us to, to very easily uh, organize and curate it, um, that would make our life easier. And that's where we started SalesFlare. Wow. So now it's all in one location, one spot that you can look at kind of like a dashboard and see what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's imagine it like a, traditionally CRMs, uh, well, back, back in the day, it used to be a customer sheet, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Which you would have in folders and then you would update that with the latest thing and you would have some notebooks next to it, etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, then people started digi- digitalizing that. Yeah, uh, things like uh, gold mine or some of the first CRMs. I remember that. I remember that. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yep. 
That was basically just a digital version of that that folder, um, a, little, a little database on your computer. Um, and then some of the first companies that took that to the, to the cloud was like Salesforce. That's what they became really big on. They said like, it doesn't have to be something on your computer. It could be something in the cloud that we manage centrally. Uh, and you just get a little spot there uh, and that's where your data resides. Um, but, but essentially still a very manual data input system. And then some, um, some companies popped up that said, well, you know, this Salesforce thing is great for big organizations, um, but we'd like something that actually works for the users that actually helps them follow up. And things like uh, PipeDrive, for instance, popped up. And we, we are in that next wave where we say, okay, these systems are great. Um, they're much easier to use. They help with your sales follow-up, easy to set up and all that. But it's still a drag to keep them up to date. Um, and if you don't keep them up to date, then they very quickly become useless. Uh, and that's, uh, that's why we built Salesflare. So Salesflare is really the answer to all of the pain points that you get in the systems that you use that don't do all the things that you wish that they would do. And so you built it. <laughs> I, will, I wouldn't say all the pain points, but uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, the most important thing with this, with this CRM, at least if it's for your sales team, uh, which is mostly the case for instance, B2B sales, is that your sales team uses it, right? And that they get value out of it. Otherwise, all of the other benefits you're thinking you're going to get, you're not going to get. Uh, and I mean, things like uh, uh, having uh, proper sales forecasts, uh, I mean, things like having the necessary data for your marketing to know uh, which people you're actually in touch with at which stage and which ones you shouldn't get in touch with as a marketing team, which ones you should and and a, a proper handoff from marketing to sales and all that, a proper collaboration because you see all the same data in the same place um, and coaching by the sales manager uh, is impossible if you don't see data. Um, it's even, even if a salesperson leaves and nothing is in a CRM, you can just, uh, in many cases, just start from scratch. You lose all the work that has been built up up till then. Right. And that does happen. You know, sales, sales is a tough job. Sometimes you do go through turnover and, you know, people can't hack it, but they've at least started something. So it's good to be able to follow up with those that they've already established at least some communication with. That's great. And now a message from one of our sponsors, Misfit Market. It can be expensive to eat healthy, right? So Misfit's Market has the solution. They take in the high quality food that grocery stores would rather let go to waste and they'll ship it directly to your door. So you can get organic produce and sustainably sourced groceries delivered at up to 40% off of what you would pay at the grocery store. Sure, they might look a little funky, but they all taste the same and they are amazing. And it's great produce. I've had it delivered to my door now and it's really awesome. So go to Peppershock.com and our listeners will get $15 off their first order with our promo code. So go to Peppershock.com slash offers and get that promo code and you can join for free and start saving today. Okay, so sales flare is what you're talking about now. Tell me kind of some things about it that has been what people have talked about, what why they like it, what's some accolades that you've received and some things that have happened since you've started this company or this software tool. Well, like the, the idea with which we started off is the one where, you know, if uh, the data is automated, then it's much easier to keep it up to date. 
initially we made a very smart thing, but people then sometimes didn't really understand why the system was doing the things it did because it wasn't like a manual system anymore. The, si the system was doing things for you and then people were like, what did it do? Um, so at some point we started focusing very much on also making it very easy to use uh, to sort of have to have these two things. And it's a, it's a, it's a difficult, difficult balance sometimes, but we try to be both as automated as possible and as easy to use and understandable as possible. And what our, what our customers would generally tell you is that they, they use Salesforce to uh, follow up their leads better. And it's actually the first system they try that, that helps them with it. Um, many even say it's like the first system that their, their sales team actually uses or loves or, or whatever. But then on top of that, we've, uh, we've been building way more. Um, so we started off with that um, automated CRM with lots of data. But when you have all that data, you can do a lot of things on top of that. So we have uh, automated email sequences now on top of that data. So you can trigger an email, this and this is true, and then email until people reply or something. Um, it integrates really neatly with uh, LinkedIn nowadays with a built-in email finder. So uh, it, it doesn't matter where you are, it all sort of connects. Um, we have custom reporting on top of that. So you have all that sales data, but then you can also build all the, the graphs you like on top of that. And it has like slowly started, it, it started becoming more than a CRM. It's more like a sales platform now. Like if, if you're on g2.com, uh, I don't know whether you know that site, it's the, the world's largest B2B software review site. Uh, and one of the more trustworthy uh, as well, because there's, <laughs> there's many yeah. funny ones out there. Yeah. Um, the, we are now, I think, in seven categories, um, spanning from CRM, sales platform, sales analytics, email tracking, sales engagement, and a few others. Um, and in their latest reports, we got, I think, 34 awards um, um, for all different categories. Um, for CRM, for instance, we're, I think, the number 10 CRM uh, of the 750 plus that are there. Yeah. Um, the number two easiest to use, the number one easiest to set up, and the number two best support. The, it changes sometimes. So That's wonderful. And you have a lot of active users from all over the world. Is that right? Yeah. Most, <laughs> most of them are from the U.S. We are, we are based in Belgium, uh -huh. um, but Belgium is, I think, our fourth uh, country uh, we're selling in. The first two are the, the, the U.S. and the U.K., uh, and then actually the Netherlands, it's our, our neighboring country uh, that also speaks uh, Dutch like uh, like we do. I think this part of the country uh, in Belgium speaks Dutch. Um, and then our, our software is in English. So we're primarily successful in countries that either speak Dutch or, or have a high level of Dutch. Uh, like, uh, did I say Dutch or English? English. I think you meant English. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, or that have a high level of English knowledge. Um, yeah. So that also includes the Nordics, uh, for instance. Wow. Uh, we have quite some customers there as well. So from a marketing perspective, how are you getting the word out? I mean, aside from this podcast, of course, but how are you sharing this with others? How are they learning about it? What kinds of things are you doing to grow your user base? That's a good question. Um, we are facing really, really big companies, as you may imagine. Yeah. Um, 
you probably know uh, the our our, our uh, main three competitors are HubSpot, uh, PipeDrive, and Salesforce. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're huge. Like PipeDrive is a hundred times bigger than us. Uh, HubSpot at the moment like more than five hundred times bigger, and and Salesforce. Uh, I don't know, even 10,000 times bigger or something. Um, They're they're really huge. And it's really hard for us to compete on the the regular stuff, like the things you would raise a a VC round for. So like we Mm. we cannot just throw money into uh, Facebook ads and Google ads and and all of a sudden uh, be successful. Um, So we need to focus very much on... um, more the organic channels and on delivering lots of value and building up a lot of traffic. Um, so we get most of our leads from uh, one uh, word of mouth, uh, review sites, uh, all kinds of listings on the internet, um, content marketing, and then to a, a, a smaller extent to this, this like being on podcasts, for instance, or um, giving a webinar somewhere or that is a, a smaller part of our uh, leads as well. It sounds like you'll have to do a trade show in Vegas again sometime, huh? <laughs> now that the world is opening up a little bit more and it's easier to travel and, and do that. But uh, that's definitely the hardest thing to do is following up after a trade show. And so if you've got a system in place, I can see how your own system can benefit your own sales too, right? Yeah, but trade shows are, uh, from a leads perspective, not as interesting in the sense yeah. that we get like uh, hundreds of trials um, all the time on our website. Mm-hmm. Um, if we go stand at the trade show, maybe we generate 10. I don't know, just uh, in orders of magnitude. It's a really small amount. What trade mm-hmm. shows are good for, though, is the general networking um it's like meeting other uh, complementary products uh teaming up with them um these kind of things that's that's what trade shows are good for for us we're not in the same space anymore as we were back then that was really enterprise sales and then a trade show is amazing uh, because if you get uh, some uh enterprise leads from that trade show it immediately pays off right right well then if you have enterprise users then you've got lots of people that are using it from the same company right yeah but we we focus on smb so uh, in that sense it's a little less interesting (laughs) and i imagine i mean your pricing structure it's it's likely you tell me is it is it more or less than those big companies uh it's definitely less than hubspot and salesforce it's sort of aligned with uh pipe drive um We do offer you some more things in the same plans. Like you get, uh, for instance, on our pro plan, you get email sequences, which you don't get at all at Pipedrive. Um, but the plans are, are apart from that, relatively similar in terms of pricing, at least. Yeah. Well, it's a, an opportunity to capitalize on what other people can't do because HubSpot is is pretty pricey for some small businesses to be able to take on. And, and you're right, that's a lot of, a lot of manpower to put behind it and input all the things. So if you've got a tool that just integrates everything all in one place, it makes it easier and more, you know, automated in that case. And I could see how people would like that a lot. Yeah. We also take a slightly different strategy than HubSpot in terms of pricing. HubSpot, I mean, it's they say it's free and then it becomes very expensive. 
Uh, we try to be more transparent from the start what it's going to cost you. Uh, it's a choice and they're obviously successful with their pricing uh, plans. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't say ours are necessarily better for our uh, company results. Uh, I do believe they're better for the customer. Oh, that's good. I'm glad you believe in what you do. I mean, that's great. <laughs> so what's next? What's What are some kind of trending things that you're seeing that maybe you want to integrate or do more of or, you know, offer more value to your users that are, are subscribing to Salesflare? Uh, we're currently, we keep our focus on uh, mostly sales. I mean, sales and marketing is a very uh, thin line between the two. Um, but we want to make our, let's say, sales platform more and more complete. Some of the things we're looking at is uh, even deeper integration into things as like lead search. We're probably going to build our own lead search also within the product. So you have uh, uh, everything from finding leads to contacting them to staying in touch, closing them, tracking them, uh, the account management afterwards, the whole sort of spectrum. Um, it's in general also sort of what you see in the market. Um, the whole sales and marketing tech market is, is uh, consolidating very quickly. Um, like I said, our platform used to be just CRM, but then automated, but then started doing lots of other stuff as well. And that's what you generally see in other products as well. Um, the, the difference between different products is more uh, the way they implement it and the things um, they focus on, like where they put the focus with their product. Um, but for us, that's, that's going to be more and more on uh, sales automation and going deeper into lead generation. Right. So, okay, I have another question for you. What kind of advice would you give someone wanting to pursue software development or just a career that's similar to yours? Somebody that maybe is thinking about getting into what you're doing or with the types of things that you're doing, what advice would you give to them? Definitely don't get into CRM. Yeah, <laughs> we're having a lot of fun, uh, especially with building the product, but also by um, trying to do the like better marketing than everyone else. Uh, it's, a, it's, an, it's an amazing challenge. Um, but it's hard. So if, if you want to make things easier on yourself, don't get into CRM. Pick some kind of space that is more um, untouched, a mm. bit more niche perhaps, a bit less uh, digitized, um, and try building something there. Um, focus very much on your customers. Uh, don't just uh, throw up a page where they can sign up for a trial or so. Uh, and if, if they can sign up for a trial, it's, it's basically like a form uh, where they leave their data so you get in touch with them and then guide them all the way. Because the closer you can get to your customers, uh, the more you can learn about uh, what it is they need, what the context is, but also what's wrong with the way you're solving things for them. Uh, you can see all these little embarrassing moments when they uh, start using your product. Um, and it's really, really invaluable information um, for you to build a better experience, not just the product, but everything around it as well. So focus very much on sales and also leave, leave the marketing for a little later. Don't immediately start writing blog posts, etc. cetera. It's, it's, a, it's a huge time sink. And in the beginning, your, your time is better spent with customers. 
I like that. I like that a lot. I think that listening to your customers can really uh, elevate you and differentiate you and not just give them something that they think that they need, but listen to them. I love it. Okay, so how can people reach out to you or get a hold of you or, you know, if they're interested, share a little bit about how people can get into this? Yeah, um, Salesflare is pretty easy. Just go to salesflare.com and uh, you can try the product there for free and just connect your emails and start working for you and you'll. Uh, there's a little setup guide that helps you to uh, set it up. And it also, when you uh, go through the, the setup steps, you'll get extra days on the trial. It starts from seven days, but it goes up to 30. Um, and if you want to get in touch with me, LinkedIn is uh, probably the best place. Uh, you can send me a connection request. Do include a personal message. Uh, right. Otherwise, I have no way of telling whether it's, it's spam or, or uh, coming from this podcast. Uh, but if you do, then uh, also they connect with you and then we can have a chat. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Jeroen. I really appreciate all the insights that you've given and all the work that you've done to solve your own problems in following up and making this something that everybody needs. So thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thank you. This was fun. Excellent. All right. Until next time, everybody, enjoy the journey. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. Want to continue the journey? Don't miss out on new episodes. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wouldn't it be great if there was one place you can go to get all the latest information and tips about marketing and advertising? The Marketing Expedition community is that place. People like you gather in our online community to build relationships with others and find the latest marketing trends, tactics, tools, and technology. We help you build your brand and your bottom line. Start your adventure today. Visit themarketingexpedition.com to find out more.